magic. It's a kind of magic. 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 Dance, magic, dance. Have a magic dance. Welcome to Collected Sorceries, a Magic the Gathering podcast. This week on Collected Sorceries, Tone Loke. Oh, man. Marissa Tomei. Nice. The Lore Master Jay. But first up, it's the man with the plan, Ethan. <laughs> what do you. you got for us this week, Ethan? Thank you. We got good stuff. We got draft deck archetypes in Eldraine. We've got uh, Pioneer. Pioneer. A couple new formats, uh, Brawl, which is, which is new-ish. Pioneers then, used to ride these babies for miles. <laughs> and, then, and then Pioneer in their covered wagons. Wagons made, the coverings were made out of ad cards. Mm, so true. <laughs> we thought we'd uh, take this opportunity what, with several new formats, uh, one new one being created and some relatively new ones being pushed by Wizards of the Coast, yeah. to do a brief rundown on all the formats you may or may not encounter magic in and organized yes. events in your area. Yes. If you'd like to participate in an event in your area, please choose a resource called the Internet. Bing! Yeah, but uh, don't use it to buy all of your cards. Buy some from your local game store. They need to stay in business, folks. True that. Yeah, LGSs are uh, vital and alternately vital and hurting. Some some of us would say that our main goal is to take down the concept of digital magic. Really, the 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 main theme of this podcast is to destroy all forms of digital magic, starting with Magic to the Gathering Arena, purely so that the local game stores flourish. (laughs) So there's a problem because I've been playing a lot of Arena recently. I was going to say, so it's it's how dare you smash the state dot deck dot exe, (laughs) but it's like state s seven four seven three. I don't want to uh, shock you, but state eight. Wow. But smashthestate.exe has been running constantly for at least four years. Oh, speaking of states and mm. being smashed, yeah. Uh, recently, standard has been in one heck of a state. <sighs> the prevalence of a certain three mana planeswalker. Three mana Teferi. Uh, yeah. No, okay. uh, uh, uh. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I hate that uh, counter scrubbing <laughs> bastard too. But um, three mana Teferi. Yeah. 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 But uh, seriously, though, we, uh, at the moment, there's not a lot to talk about in terms of what's going on in the standard scene, because what's going on in the standard scene is 9 out of 10 decks playing Oko. Oko, Oko Thief of Crowns. And as much as I like fairies, and I really am fond of elks, I'm sick of being told I'm a 3-3 elk. So uh, yeah. let me move on to the only format you can currently play where you won't see Oko all over the effing place, Draft. Ethan, you had some archetypes to talk about. I do. I've got archetypes. What kind Come of draft archetypes do you em. have? <laughs> Come and get them. Hot and fresh. How many are there? So many. So many? So many. So many. Yeah, I mean, to start with, we've got the one archetype that everybody um, thinks about because Oko. Oh, wait. Uh, we've got Jason food. That. Wait, yep. Food.deck. Uh, there's Oko food.deck. There's white green food.deck. Which is helpful because white is good at life gain and green is good at ramp. And every, pretty much every color, well, almost all the colors have uh, food things that generate food tokens. You gotta be honest, I found the most efficient food combination to be black green food. That's oh. right, Golgari food. I was gonna say because of uh, what is it? Death is it? Deathless night. The four four two haste for four Golgari that um, you can bring it back from your graveyard to your hand. 
the, for the when when you uh, gain life for the first time each turn. Well, they have a, your hand. There, there's a form on a knight and a, a number, and I think all the different color combinations, a, or at least several of them. There's a Boros, uh, there's a Rakdos, and a Golgari, at least. Uh, there's also a uh, Selesnya and a few others, but um. The, the main reason that I'm thinking about this fellow, I mean about this color combination, is because it combines black removal with big green creatures to give you a pretty easy path to victory. And the fact that you can make lots of food not only lets you turn commons, like, like giant opportunity, into huge swinging creatures, yeah. and it allows you to take things like uh, that one witch, uh, I think Tempting Witch. Who can I think so. not only make food, but use it to do damage. Oh, and bake into a pie, which is what, murder plus get a food token? Yeah, I mean, black always has good removal, so it's always uh. a good card to start with in draft. I think black green food is very strong. Yeah. Um, what's the other one? Uh, the one that I that I enjoy is, is Mardu Night Tribal, or either like two of the colors of Mardu. So like black, white, or red, white, or black, red knights, and try and get it under the radar um, and get that... Uh, that brimstone trebuchet get 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 enough night payoffs and enough knights. Hey Ethan, what's up? What's black and white and red all over? Uh, what? Mardu. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's oh that's solid. Yeah, I'm telling that one of F and M this week. Yep. <laughs> you know, uh, I, one of my favorite t- tales about uh, magic involves Mardu. See, I stopped playing for a little while after cons. And I didn't realize that the names for the various clans and cons had become what, what we called color combination. Yeah. So when I started coming back to Magic and I found out there was a archetype called Mardu Vehicles. Oh, yeah. Now, what that archetype is, is a vehicles deck in the Mardu colors. But since the Mardu, in yeah. flavor, are literally Mongols, what I thought Mardu Vehicles was, was like... The Mongols on motorcycles and in helicopters. NASCAR. I was very disappointed to find out what that deck actually was. I mean, to be fair, all the vehicles, I think, were from Kaladesh, so they were all nice-looking. They were all really elaborate, filigreed. But they didn't yeah. have, like, big, poofy-hatted, Fu manchu bow and scimitar-wielding badasses in them. Yeah, the problem, I think, with that particular badass archetype is there is a chance, if you do it wrong, that you could run afoul of, like, things that Iron Man 3 successfully avoided. Oh, I was going to say you could run afoul of copyright problems with Star Trek, because then it'd basically just be Klingons. <laughs> Or or potentially that. Because it's like, I think the reason Iron Man worked where they had the Mandarin is it wasn't actually, like, it was just yeah, an actor. Yeah, they're totally going to do, like, a serious version of the Mandarin coming up. They've been dropping hints. Well, not just hints. They're doing a movie, a Ten Rings movie. Yeah, straight up. So, um, Ben huh. Kingsley, yeah. I think you just have to give him credit for being awesome. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we're going to get the real Mandarin. <laughs> okay. So, um, so, so Marvel is unafraid. That's good. Of things. <laughs> Speaking of things not to be afraid of, what you drafters shouldn't be afraid of is playing that delicious, delicious blue-red second card draw. Oh, yes. Sometimes called blue-red spells, which is sometimes referred to uh, half-ribbingly uh, as blue-red smells or, you know, red-blue smells. I mean, I'd say in this particular instance, it's not just spells, though. It's uh, There's a number of creatures who take advantage of it. Um, and there's no keyword, but blue and red, as a lot of folks have noticed, have a strong theme about getting benefits when you draw your second card for the turn. And between blue's traditional card draw and an emphasis in this set on looting for red... Or rummaging, yeah. at the very least. I was gonna say, yeah, looting is for blue, and it's draw and then discard, and then red gets kind of dirt-tier loot, which is called rummage, which is discard then draw. Well, the mm. fact is, we've got a unco- lock dragon gives us an uncommon draw, uh, draw and discard once a turn. 
Uh, we've got one of those, the Mythic slot as well, as long as a mess of commons let you do it too. So it's pretty easy to get lots of triggers on that, to trigger everything from fairies, from uh, Improbable Alliance, fairy tokens, to making your fairies bigger with Fairy Miscreant, or not Fairy Miscreant, what's up? Oh, there's a... Uh, fairy... There's one that's a flyer that... The one who gets bigger, what's his name? Um, What do you call when you put graffiti on things? Oh, uh... Tagging. Not the word I was looking for. What do they put? Defacing. Oh, um, that's ah. close. I'm looking for Improbable Alliance. Improbable Alliance is a red-blue enchantment that lets you... Was it? it lets you make a 1-1 flying fairy token every time you cast an enchantment, I believe. And, yeah, and that, that's one of the payoffs. There's a few there. Um, that and Steelbeak Griffin, which just gets bigger. And, I mean, hey, a 4-4 flyer is nothing to sneeze at. The point is, it's, it's not a bad oh. architect. There's definitely some... Uh, there's definitely some uh, legs there. Oh, sorry. I got it. Um, Probable Alliance is a, an enchantment for one blue and one red. Uh, and whenever you draw your second card each turn, create a 1-1 one, one blue for your creature token with flying. Uh, and then for four and a blue and a red, draw a card, then discard a card. Yes, Ethan. I already said that card. Oh, I, I had it wrong. I, was, I, I thought it was every time you play an enchantment, make a 1-1 a one, one fairy. Well, if it's... All right. Yeah. Cool, we'll go with that. Yeah. Speaking of archetypes, in blue-white, we have enchantments and artifacts. Mm. Now, I've uh, just tried drafting this myself in an arena draft, and it was going absolutely beautifully until I got my face pushed in by four mono red decks in a row. So, here's a hint, folks. Deck looks pretty awesome, but it does not matter how many enchantments you put on your curious puppet, the other guy can still steal it with a... uh, Uh, Was it the dragon? No, the firstborn one. (laughs) Oh. Claim the firstborn. Oh, claim the... Oh, because it's CMC. Yeah, a jerk Mm -hmm. took my puppet... Hit me in the face for ten, and then sacrificed it so all my enchantments fell off. It's like no. watching a puppy get hit by a semi. If I've learned one thing time. from the endless retellings of Pinocchio, it's that some man will always try to steal the curious puppet. Yeah. <laughs> in this case, it worked. Yeah. Uh, you got Shambling Suit, which is a three-cost artifact creature construct uh, with power equal number of artifacts and enchantments you control, which goes really well on the blue-white uh, flying man sort of deck. Except uh, he's not flying. Oh, no, he's not. Shine Chaser is, though. Yeah. We've got cards like Shine Chaser that get big, bigger if you have enchantments and uh, artifacts. We've got a Owl, Arcanus Owl, that Arcanus lets you owl. find both. White has some pretty good removal, which is mainly enchantment-based, and this lets you get a bonus around, because throwing those enchantments on creatures, you that means you control those enchantments, so they boost the size of not only cards like your um, <coughs> Shambling Suit, but also... Flutterfox. Oh, no, here's what makes the difference. All that glitters... Oh, all the glitters, yes. enchantment for one and a white, aura, enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one for every artifact and enchantment you control. Yes. Oh, that counts food as well. That's right, because food tokens that have pay three, tap, sacrifice, or sorry, pay two, tap, sacrifice this artifact, gain three life. Food tokens are also artifacts. Yes. Yeah. And Flutter Fox is a two-two for two that has flying as long as you control an, an artifact or an enchantment. So give it a, I don't know, a Marauder's Axe or a, a, this, you know, Rose Thorn Halberd, you know, one of those. There's, I think, five colored artifact equipments. Mm-hmm. Or the uh, Slipper in red, the plus one plus oh haste, which is nice. So then you've got a three, two flying haste dude. Yep, then we've got Shining Armor in white, which is limited pretty much to knights. Oh, yeah. Uh, Steel Claw Lance in Rakdos, red, black. But we've also got a Rose Thorn Halberd in green. Which you will equip exactly once and then never pay that equip cost again. Yeah. Oh, Giant Skewer. 
which it makes what? food. Yeah, when it deals damage, the equipped creature deals combat damage to a creature. So it's like they take the damage, or you know, you get to hey, giving your drag the your, game out, forcing your opponent to have to deal with uh, deal with something like that is a tough one. And hey, sometimes your opponent has a zero four mer- uh, merfolk sitting there in front of you. <laughs> Well, now you can swing into it, and even if you're not killing it, you're making food. Yeah, mm, fish steaks. Yeah, draft draft games in in Eldraine can, can kind of kind of grindy. They, they kind of you know. Did we miss any? <clears throat> Let's see. There is a mill archetype. Oh, um, there's tribal. No, there's adamant. Pretty much works like pay. Well, I mean that's a mechanic. Is it really an yeah. archetype? Um, no, it's it's more like two color adamant decks are probably easier to make work than three color adamant decks. I'd say adamant definitely affects what archetypes are in there because yeah. it definitely limits people wanting to do three color. In fact, it pushes folks towards mono. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think it's really not affected of itself. Yeah, I've I've found in my experience that the two color adamant decks that's as as many colors as you can go because you're you're still getting your you know yeah, roughly on curve. There is not a lot of fixing in this format, so yeah, there's there's tournament grounds, golden egg. And I think spinning wheel. Oh, and don't forget the scarecrow. Oh, uh, scarecrow. Signpost scarecrow. Oh, signpost scarecrow. Yeah. So there's like maybe six cards that uh, fix you. Oh, and um, heraldic banner. There we go. O- outside of green, I guess, because there's rose rose acolyte, which is you know play an adventure, make one of any color, and then it's a dork. Mm-hmm. But it makes yeah. one of any other co- any color, anyways. Yeah. But a three mana fixer isn't necessarily what we're looking for. Yeah. That's it. I think we've talked about all we can about this particular. I think so. Format. so yeah. But that does bring us nicely to our second topic of the uh, day. Which is Pioneer. No, formats, man. Right, formats. Formats! Formats! Formats, say something! Pioneer is a format, and it's definitely one that we're going to want to talk about a bit. But let's get down to, uh, let's start with the most basic format. The first (laughs) thing that everybody plays. Yeah. Cards that I own. Yeah, cards that I own format. Also called kitchen table magic. Uh. Cards that I own is the most traditional and, according to market studies, the most played format of magic. It consists of whatever cards you own. Got a black lotus? Play it. I'm surprised they had to do market studies to figure out that that was the most played format. (laughs) <laughs> got it. Got a time walk. Well, Play it. A lot of folks who get ser- who uh, really get serious into magic they start focusing on things like standard and you know modern. legacy and modern and stuff like that. Vintage. They just heard you talk. They focus on trying to make food and then use that food to boost everyone into eternity and spite everyone. Yeah, that, that, that's the point. Though is people can get a little uh, yeah. us enfranchised players can get a little obsessed with that and forget that. A lot of people yeah. who play Magic are casual or beginners, and yeah. even folks who aren't. Sometimes it's just nice to sit down and um, play with the decks you have. Because I need a place to play my weird blue-black rares from Invasion block. Hey, I'll sit down and play that. <laughs> yeah. Tell you what, I've got my uh, Selesnia deck from back in the second time we went to Ravnica. No card in that deck oh, is man. newer than eight years old. You got is that the Sisse? Oh, no, 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 no. no. no that, that was my commander deck. Oh, right. This is a honest-to-God oh, yeah. populate deck. Oh, yeah. I'm unironically running, like, <clears throat> three of that land that turns into an 8-8 elemental if you tap uh, it right. And you, that doesn't have any of the new, like, proliferate cards in it or anything, so uh, it could be even worse. Like, like, that deck tastes like... There are certain decks that taste like when you get a hair on your tongue. Like like a mono black, a lose mono yeah. black rat deck. Or, my, sorry, uh, my Darlene's. Little, my yeah. little brother borrowed that deck and used it to do beat every single person in his junior high black and blue. Turns out, his older brother having a bunch of money to spend on stocking that sucker up with rares at the time, and actually putting together a deck with a coherent plan, kicked the crap out of all the 14-year-olds whatever I have thrown together decks. Yeah. like That just, makes sense. Yeah, drop a steamroller on the other person, then jump on the steamroller and just start punching it. Hey, man. 
I yeah. wasn't playing Superior Deck to beat up a bunch of 12-year-olds. No. My little brother was playing Superior Deck to beat up a bunch of 12-year-olds. Yeah. He was 12 himself. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's vicarious. It is. You gotta get all the advantages you can get. Yeah. The next is the the next format, and probably the most prevalent in most people's minds, yeah. and certainly the most prevalent according to Wizard's pocketbook, is Standard. Now, what is Standard, you ask? Standard is all the cards printed within the past year to two years, depending on the time of year. Generally speaking, if it was printed last year or this year, it's good. It's good. It's good. Standard's uh, card pool uh, rotates fairly frequently, which is why it's the set that makes Wizards the most money. People constantly have to buy new sets. Mm. But it's also a set that people tend to, or, uh, a format that people tend to tire of quickly, because having to buy a whole new bunch of cards yeah. and having your entire collection blown out every year is, um, you know, frustrating. Yeah. Yes. It's Quite like, frustrating. Son, why do you need a new video game machine? You already have one. Well, this one's better. Honey, why do you need a new handbag? Well, why do you need a new drill? Touche. I mean, not to get yeah, too gender normative, but... Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Yeah. A handbag, a video game console, and a drill, all of which may wear out or be yeah. replaced by better things. That's true. Cardboard. In, yeah. in standard, yeah. not only do the cards not wear out, it's an artificial rotation. It's enforced yeah. by the folks at Wizards yeah. to make money. And, well, I don't begrudge them that. They do need to turn a profit to keep making cards. It's the reason that a lot of folks start moving on older formats. It makes the fans a bit salty sometimes. What is, according to, again, market research, the most popular of the constructed formats right now, Commander. Commander. What is Commander, you ask leadingly? What is Commander? Well, Commander is Elder Dragon Highlander. It's called Elder Dragon Highlander because you have a commander who may be an elder dragon. It was in the original versions. And why is it called Highlander? Because in your deck, there can be only one copy copy of of any given card. Yes, we got there. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Commander uh, combines some of the uh, love of cards that I own in that because it's singleton, it's hard to build the decks to be ridiculously broken. Yeah. And you can play cards from all across Magic's history, meaning all those weird things you own in your collection. Yeah. Whereas, like, yeah, you look you look like you're into it. You're like... I'm listening intently. Yeah. Yeah, Plus, I mean... you only need one copy. Like, if you only have one copy of, you know, Baron Spite or Awakening mm-hmm. of Vitugazi or... You know. And commander games are designed to be played with at least four people. Yeah. Meaning, even if someone has a bad has a bad opening hand or what have you, other folks are more likely to focus on more immediate threats and not crush you the moment you start playing. So the games tend to last a little while. And if the, the power curve is a little bit different. If your commander game takes less than forty five minutes to play, that was a pretty terrible commander game. Yeah, or or someone you know is you know forty and and you know has his collection from when he started playing Magic in nineteen ninety three. Yeah, so now that we've covered the uh, most popular of the uh, formats popular. in Magic the Gathering, popular. it might be a good idea for... Yes, Ethan, we, we are all aware of the... Uh, we're hanging with the right cohorts. I mean, admittedly, your reference is a little dated, because I think that's like seven years old now. It's not... Stephen Schwartz is never really dated, though. Well, when he I say that... Sc- when he was in high school, I'm sure he dated. Yeah, that's true. But I was, I was going to say that he knows he's never really dated. But if you made a reference to Pippin, that would probably be dated, and that was also him. So There we go. Yeah, we should probably cover uh, the official list of formats from the Magic website, we which does list all the ways that are uh, officially supported by Wizards of the Coast. Starting, of course, with Standard, followed by Booster Draft. Mm, booster Draft. Which we've been talking about a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Booster Draft is not really replayable as a format, because you can only pop those boosters once, 
But it is a good way to build up a card collection for yeah. playing in other formats. If so you want to play con- draft people. Yeah. If you want to play constructed, playing draft is a good way to get most of what you need, like all the uncommons or all the commons and uncommons and some of the rares, mm-hmm. depending on how it shakes out, and then you can trade for the rest. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes. Now, does drafting involve too much uh, too much uh, interacting with other people? Is it too fast? Are the decks too powerful? Do you need something slower, more expensive, dirtily that doesn't involve interacting with people at all until you play the game <laughs> yeah. with them? Ooh, well, I don't have any money, but I do like to play a premium to not interact with people. Then Sealed is the format for you. (laughs) Sealed, instead of sitting down in a group of people and conversing with them while you swap cards, you get six booster packs and you sit in a corner for 45 minutes and build a deck out of it. And and, and whatever is in your your six boosters is what you get. Yep. And we were thankful. Your deck's going to be slow and terrible, but it... Everyone else's is going to be two, except yeah. for that one jackass who just managed to pull all rares in the same color. I hate that guy. Oh, and if it's a sealed pool at a pre-release, you're going to get a you know a, a premium foil, and those are nice. So feel free to play that. Strictly um, speaking, unconnected to the format itself, yeah. but pre-release events yeah. do tend to be sealed. Yeah. It's a good way to learn the rules of some new cards. Yeah. A sealed is also forty cards, so mm. it's a little bit faster. There is sometimes a danger of decking yourself out. Yeah. Now, sealed and draft yeah. form what's referred to as limited. That means that you don't have an infinite card pool to call upon. You have a limited supply, namely what's in those booster packs. Yeah. Other formats are what we call constructed, because the decks are constructed ahead of time. 60 cards. Mm-hmm. And that's where constructed is where we get standard. Standard. And then several other uh, formats that we haven't talked about yet that are just like standard. Namely, they're standard, but you know that we said there was that uh, cards were only good for like two years? Yeah. Yep. Well, if you step that date back, you get literally most of the other formats. Step it back to 2014, and you're playing the newest format, Pioneer. Pioneer. Take it all the way back to 2004, you're playing Modern. Take that all the way back to 1994... You're playing Legacy. I was going to say, they got rid of Extended and Vintage, I think. And if you step it back to all the way to 1993, you're playing Vintage. There we go. So they, they, they kept Vintage. Extended, I think, was the only I might be a little hazy term. on the difference between Legacy and Vintage. Yeah. At least as all I know is that Stephen Schwartz is way more timeless reference than 2004 oh, yeah. is still modern. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they made a new format because modern was getting old and they didn't call it postmodern. No. Missed opportunity, Wizards. Yeah. I know, that would have been so obvious. <laughs> I mean, they also didn't call it Moho, which, you know, I was, I was really trying to make Moho happen because there's a set called Modern Horizons in which... Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I know you were trying to make Moho happen. It's Moho. the bane of my life. And that not you mean that and not the other things that I have said or done on accident and 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 therein doing some of my best slash worst work in annoying you but but moho specifically so these various formats are ways of uh, combating that tiredness that people have from their cards rotating out in standard if your cards rotate out of standard that's fine they're still valid in all these other formats of course. Part of the problem with these formats is their long and extended card pools means they're full of the very best cards from a number of sets. Yeah. And your average modern deck will take the best standard deck in the meta. Um, and Well, remember that thing I said earlier about a puppy getting hit by a semi? Yeah. Yeah, like that, but way worse. Like uh, a Sherman like, tank. Like, like what if a Sherman, a semi, but with Sherman tank treads? Like, like a Sherman tank hitting a puppy with um, uh, Spina Bifida. Audio format, say something! They're about to go Marshall plan on your ass. <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Now, but yeah, so so modern decks, the, the more cards you have access to in your deck, as it turns out, uh, the more greater the opportunity for some completely busted card interactions. And that's one of the reasons that Pioneer, the newest format, was just in, was just introduced. As uh, Roy pointed out, modern as a set has almost 15 years worth of cards in it now, yeah. and that means that a lot of the most powerful cards are old, expensive, and hard to get. Uh, yeah. A competitive modern deck can run you easily more than a grand, even a. I've seen decks listed as budget decks that cost five hundred bucks. Like, like what would Crock Clan Ironworks run? Oh wait, no, they they banned. <laughs> it's it's KCI, not so much it's so. not so much those so much as it's the the mana bases. Yeah. The fact is, a, scal- oh. a scalding tarn. Yeah. The fetch land for blue red. Yeah. Is over a hundred dollars. Yeah. So if you want a set of four of those for a red blue deck, and it's the best red blue land, you're looking at four hundo for just a part of your mana base. Yeah. Dual, dual lands of any kind usually are pretty spendy. I mean, the more recent dual lands, they're more easier. More easier. They're easier well, to get. The, the fact is that the, the fetch lands may be a little too powerful and make Monobus is a little too uh, wide, yeah. but Wizards' <laughs> refusal to reprint anything that is a mana source whatsoever to keep those prices high kind of kicks Modern right in the deck. Which doesn't really make any sense, because it's a lose-lose for you and a lose-lose for them, because they're not making any more money off the back market, and it's just as expensive to play the old format as it is to play the new format. And that's why they they put Pioneer together. The fact is, Wizards does make a certain amount of money off of game stores buying large amounts of their cards, and those game stores oftentimes rely on profits they make playing the secondary market market in order to stay open. Because they do acknowledge the secondary market, at least to a certain degree. No, Wizards does not officially acknowledge the secondary market at all. But the fact is, they very practically do acknowledge the secondary market, because if there's no secondary market, they don't have any reason not to just reprint old cards. And if you think I wouldn't gladly hand them ten times the amount of money I've spent over the past year just for boxes full of Innistrad, you'd be wrong. Yeah, get some OG duels, like, you know. No, seriously, if they would straight up print Innistrad again, I would sell my PS4 and use the proceeds to buy boxes of that so I could draft that shit. Innistrad of Davida, my mans. That sounds absolutely delightful. I got Persona 4 for, for, for Persona 5 for 30 bucks on sale. I'm play that for about 400 hours instead of getting a, a magic but, but, deck. I mean, but you really you know, like Persona, to be fair, to clarify? No, no, I mean, that's that's just Persona. Persona is a game that takes that long to play. Oh, okay. I mean, you do love it, but but it's separate. I do love Persona 5, okay. yes. To be fair, I have sunk like 80 hours into Borderlands over the past couple weeks. I should, yes. I should maybe maybe rethink my plan. Yes, rethink your plan. There's so many good games. Oh, my God. I but guess I don't want to sell you Death Sticks. I guess I just want you don't to wanna sell go home and rethink my life. You want to buy a Nintendo Switch and get Pokemon Sword and Shield. Now that's a Was that in the original draft of episode, one of the prequels? Yes. <laughs> About Sword and Shield. You know, it's like Han shoots first, and then Obi-Wan buys Sword and Shield. That's, those are the two things. Grilunky. So, pardon. The, okay. um, we don't want to say that Wizards is always evil, though. There's some formats they put together that aren't shameless cash grabs. For example, uh, Commander, they don't make a lot of money off of, except through the dedicated Commander sets. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they wouldn't make a Commander-type format that rotates like Standard does. Oh, wait, there's Brawl. Whoop. If you're wondering what Brawl is, it's Commander, but with a smaller card pool, that gets invalidated once a year, just like Standard. Brawl isn't very popular. Personally, I love Brawl. I think it's a nice alternative to Commander, especially if you can get four people uh, together to play it. It tends to be a little less, you know, samey than Commander does. But, uh, you know, a little annoying having everything rotate out all the time. What is Brawl, you may ask? What is Brawl? 
Some people like it. Some people think it's the worst thing ever to exist. But Solid Snake was in it, and that was good enough. True. Like Brawl, the uh, Smash Brothers, uh, it has a dedicated fan base, significant criticism that can be leveled, but all around a solid offering. Was it 60 card singleton? 60 card singleton, 25 life with a commander, similar to uh, the way that your commander behaves in Commander. Now, there are a couple things that are listed on the Magic's official website as formats, which aren't technically formats, they're just ways of playing. Starting with one of my personal favorite ways to play Magic, especially at pre-releases, Two-Headed Giant. Gigante. No, Two-Headed Giant is where two people play as a team, sharing a life total in a board state, against another team of two players. It's especially fun with Sealed, because it means you can take 12 12 booster packs and make two boxes out of it. Likewise, you can even do a double draft as a pair. It's fun. Let's use some of those off-color cards you wouldn't otherwise get to use. Speaking of Two-Headed Giant, also it reminds me of the, not bittersweet, but happy and also annoying memories of of the original Magic the Gathering Duels of the Planeswalker video games uh, on the, I think, original Xbox, or perhaps the 360, which is a Two-Headed Giant and that it was you and another player locally against the computer, and the computer would, like, pull some, you know, bullshit where it was like whatever card it needed at the time would just go to the top of the deck mm-hmm. unlike physical cards uh but it was you know it was fun enough and it was one of those kind of like you know vaguely sadomasochistic things like playing metal slug and really liking it even though you keep dying if i've learned so, anything yeah. from games of cards where two people share the same life pool the answer to beating cheating like that is for your partner to be joey wheeler indeed <laughs> now there is another format that uh, doesn't get a ton of attention. Uh, it's like Legacy Light. It's called Pauper. Uh, that oh, yeah. is a old English word for poor person. And Pauper is where you play using only commons. Pauper. Now, there was Poor a... people got no reason to live. Now, Pauper was originally started to be an inexpensive way to play Magic. Unfortunately, since Pauper's card list goes all the way back to Alpha, and it has the same issue that the other legacy sets do in terms of availability, even if not quite as bad, Pauper's deck list tend to be less varied than uh, some of the others, and it's not as cheap to play as you'd think it would be. Well, that's right, because some of the older cards, the rarities are different. So, like, there are cards that are technical. Older cards are technically common or uncommon. Well, the fact, yeah. is, the fact yeah. is that you can make a relatively cheap popper deck. The winningest popper decks at the moment are still retailing for somewhere for two, 300 bucks, which is a lot more money than most people want to want to drop on a children's card game. That is the subset that I call the Prince and the Popper decks. And then there's, there's Peasant, which is only commons and uncommons, right? Uh, no, actually, I think they're calling that Artisan now. That is much, much what? less insulting. That Wait, is also, however... For serious? Yeah, that is not an official okay. uh, format. Okay. Pop. And then, of course, there's a Pop. number of other oddities that are put together for play specifically only in Arena. Ground control to back it, brass. And there are a few other weirder subtypes of game that aren't generally supported in term- by Wizards of the Coast or in terms of organized events. Block uh, is a fun way to play. That's where everybody plays decks that are legal but only using cards from a single block. Uh, so you can get things like, for example, Ixalan, Vampires versus Dinosaurs, what have you. But the restricted card pools means they tend to... Uh, they don't have a lot of life to them. Because it tends to get solved down to what the best deck in the format is pretty quickly. Yeah. Here's a hint. For Eldraine, it's Oko. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say, um, a block is anywhere, is, is three or two or sometimes even one set, uh, depending on the, the block. Uh, I guess here's where we would make a Jenny from the block joke. 
So like, uh, it was Ixalan block would just be the two sets because uh, there were only two. Now that said, there's two sets that magic uh, or two ways to play magic that aren't commonly uh, or that aren't referred to on the Wizards of the Coast website. The first is Oathbreaker. Oathbreaker. Oathbreaker Whoa. is similar to Commander in that you have a specific card that represents you, but in this instance, it's a Planeswalker, and you also have a signature spell that goes with it. It's Singleton, and it's kind of like Commander meets Brawl. Brawlmander. 60-card decks, Singleton, and meant to be played in uh, groups of four. The other way that a lot of people play Magic, which some people will say is the best way to play, is Dercube. Oh yes, I just Dercuban. Now, The Cube is a movie made by Jim Henson, or rather a short film made by Jim Henson, which was later adopted into a horror movie in the 90s, which got a couple of sequels despite not being very good. Yeah. What are you talking about? You said Cube 2 Hypercube isn't the greatest film you've ever seen? I mean, I, mean, I don't think it's the greatest film you've ever seen. Are you hungry, Jerry? I did uh, sure, watch a movie this weekend where a woman beats a psychotic, demonic pilgrim lady in the head with her husband's severed head. So I'm going to say that Hypercube's coming in second at the moment. <laughs> yeah, we've all seen The Last Jedi. <laughs> Spoilers, Roy. Well, you know. This is where they do, I do that Alex Stacy reaction face of like... Yes, reaction face. Yes, reaction face. Audio format, medium. say something. Audio format, say something. Um, Can you imagine? But yes. Can you oh, imagine that? Cube. Yeah, Cube is, in this particular instance, basically making a big old stack of cards that you like and then uh, pulling from the assorted rarities in them and assembling them into randomized booster packs and drafting it. It's kind of fun. And repeatable. Now, cubes can be made uh, focusing around specific sets, or cubes can be made uh, around specific themes. Ethan is in the middle of pulling out what he calls his spooky cube, which is themed around spooky monsters. A lot of Innistrad in there is what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, sometimes referred to as the spooky cube. Okay, uh, careful, these are the sleeves that are real. Thank God the spooky Slippery. cube he's pulling out is the one he's got related to magic. Yeah, the, uh, he also has a uh, wonderful recreation of the Lament configuration, but you're not allowed to touch that. Yeah, I'm not allowed to touch that without special tools. If any of us touched it, we would lament. We well, would, yeah. Is it wrong? This is the first time that I realized that Thing in the Ice is meant to be a reference to The Thing. No, I I, it took, I think I recognized it and then forgot. Anywho. Um, but yes. Now, personally, one thing that I don't understand is, well, I mean... Not that I want anybody to cheat or steal cards or anything. But if you can get away with it. But the fact is, if you want to draft an older format like Innistrad, well, there's sources online where you can see pictures of the cards, you have a printer, oh, yeah. and with a list of the rarities, which is also publicly available, you could randomly generate booster packs, print those up, seal them, and then draft those. Yeah. I mean, in the absence of any action, you know, any I do not cards. in any way condone anyone doing this. But if the folks at Wizards refuse to reprint sets you want to draft... draft. He doesn't condone anyone doing it. But if he did, it'd go a little something like, like this. Like this. And then there'd be a, a song that we had written. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can sing, but unfortunately all I know is old Irish bar songs. Yeah. And none of those bar songs are about the evil eye of Worms by Gore. None of those Irish bar songs deal with printing magic cards. That's... 
That's true. Actually, I have no confirmation on that. It's possible they do. (laughs) Oh, man. An old Irish bar song, but about something contemporary. Well, I know what we're doing next weekend. (laughs) Yes. We're writing an old Irish bar song. About something contemporary. Heidi, 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 yeah. Always going to be relevant. <laughs> so true. So very, very, very true. true. Like our prices. Mm-hmm. That that joke never gets old. <laughs> Indeed, it does not. <clears throat> so, do you have anything else to say about any formats I might have missed, Ethan? I think that's everything. And there's the the digital, the couple of versions of of digital magic mm-hmm. one can play. Yeah, but you can play uh, Magic Arena, in which you can play anything they decide to give you. And then Magic Online, where you can pay obscene amounts of money for digital cards you don't get to keep. I'm going to not do that last one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think Arena is is the, the better cost-wise. Mm-hmm. And here's a hint for everybody out there. They're never, going to get, they're never going to officially get rid of Magic the Gathering Online, because folks who have sunk lots of money into those card collections would be somewhat annoyed and might threaten legal action. They're just going to stop supporting it. It's going to die, folks. Yeah. Soon. I mean, I think Magic the Gathering Online is built on a lot of old technology. I mean, that's part of the problem. The fact yeah. is, the player base is going to continue to shrink until it's entirely eclipsed by Arena. And yeah. Magic the Gathering, and the folks at Wizards of the Coast won't have to kill it. They'll just, you know, leave it and let it die. They'll do the whole I'm Batman, oh. I don't have to kill you, but that doesn't mean I have to save you thing. Right. But, you know, with an old Windows 98 program instead of Rise of Ghoul. Yes. <laughs> so it's like it's like a Windows computer, or no, Rish Al Ghul, and then it says old Windows 98 tech, and then and then Batman, and this is like uh, Magic the Gathering Online. <laughs> I mean, no offense to them, but of yeah. the things that run on Windows 98, that is not yeah. the one I would choose to save. No, that's fair. Of course not, man. Checks Quest. Well, yeah, that's oh, definitely man. top five. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, the best total conversion of Doom ever. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, this is good stuff, man. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah I do love me some yeah. checks. Or no, maybe it was Quake. And, and I think, or no, or no, no, they got the Doom engine, yeah, cheap because Quake had just come out. Well, Doom That's wads right. were the thing at the time. Yeah, and oh, it's basically just a Doom wad. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking about the term wads. And I just I dated it. myself terribly. I hope you, uh, I hope you uh, tip well. Uh, don't worry, I don't put out in the first date, Ethan. I'm. Hmm. 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 Ooh. Now we're getting into the lore of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is there a story you need to tell us? Um, I don't think so. We might have to save it for next time. <laughs> uh, okay. Have I have I created podcast gold, or have I soiled the ending? We'll find out. Soiled. Soiled it. <laughs> soiled again. Curses. These are the secrets everyone wants to know. I'm just telling you. This is what the people want to hear. Oh, hmm. Hmm. We're going to have to do a whole mini-series going forward about this. Mm. No, no, we don't. Well, we can Well, make, we can it could be related one. things, yeah, but... we can make one. Oh, if you guys want to talk about the uh, rich and varied history of romance in Magic the Gathering, I'm pretty sure I could put a little something together for next oh, week. Oh, man. What if J.R. Ward wrote, wrote, wrote Magic the Gathering War? Well, I am an expert in metaphors, so you could give me some personal romantic history stories and some magic stories, and we could make a little art project. <laughs> What's a metaphor? Nothing. What's a metaphor for you? Uh, as I seem to recall from Britta from Community, it's a thought wearing another thought's hat. <laughs> a metaphor? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Oh, we gotta wait. Uh, so, if a metaphor is like another hat, 
another thought wearing another hat thought is a hat is that a simile or a metaphor or an analogy yes huh. <clears throat> mathematician's answer <laughs> yeah also known as the micah answer it's right. like mike you want a shot or do you want to start with guinness all similes are metaphors and all good things must come to an end yeah. do we have anything else to say today anything uh, else we need to share with the people I'm, deep I'm... dark personal secrets maybe or perhaps just Magic the Gathering information. Hey, if you guys are interested next week, I'm sure we'll be able to talk about the history of romance and Magic the Gathering. Yeah. And you might even get to hear me piss and moan about how bad the latest book is. Y'all loved that last I, time. I can give you another magic spitting relevant shit. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready for all of this. All right. Well, and I guess we'll see y'all next time.